linebacker, offensive line, defensive line, running back. I'll tell you which of these units, and it's a no-brainer to me, is going to take the biggest step forward for the Miami Hurricanes in 2023. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. My colleagues at allhurricanes.com put out a Twitter poll this week. Which position takes the biggest step forward in 2023 among these four? Now, you can only put four in a Twitter poll because I think there's another position group we'll talk about that I think deserves uh, a little bit of chatter as well from us. But the four that uh, we put in that All-Hurricanes poll were running back, offensive line, defensive line, and linebacker. Out of those four and on the entire team period, to me it's a no-brainer. The offensive line, that's the unit on paper that should not only take a big step forward, but should take a giant leap forward and there's a lot of room to take that leap because Miami's offensive line, not only was it unremarkable last year, it was downright problematic. Canes couldn't establish a running game. They couldn't protect their quarterback. They committed a lot of penalties. You know, Those are things you need your offensive line to do a much better job of. And as we talked about yesterday with Lee Sterling, professional sports handicapper, who's also a Miami fan, so he watches the Canes very closely, when your offensive line is as problematic as it was last year, that makes you really bad on short yardage. Third and one, fourth and one, you can't get any push. You move backwards on those downs when you're trying to just pick up a yard and move the sticks. It was a tough year last year with the offensive line, and the way that Miami has addressed it, uh, I think the reason why that unit is by far the one that's going to improve the most, should improve the most in 2023 and even if they do suffer some injuries, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. They're more equipped to deal with that this year than they were last year because the unit is not only better in the front line, but they're also at least a little bit deeper than they were a year ago. But you go out and add Javion Cohen, one of the top graded guards in all of college football last year, playing left guard for the Alabama Crimson Tide, not giving up a single sack. You add Matt Lee, who was playing at UCF, graded out as the top center in the entire country last year. And Lee has had an awesome offseason so far. They both have. Cohen and Lee have both had a great offseason. But Matt Lee is someone who's really impressed me almost more than anybody else on the team to this point since he arrived at the U. Those are two new starters right away. Experienced starters you've picked up, you can immediately plug into the O-line, right? I also think Miami picked up a starter in recruiting. Someone who's 18 years old, true freshman, but so mature and so physically ready. I think Francis Mauingoa, you can't judge him by his age and you can't judge him by his lack of collegiate experience because that guy is already an alpha. And hearing the way that Alex Mirabal, the offensive line coach, talked about him during spring football, uh, you can tell that Francis, who's obviously still learning each and every day, he's already got 
the football IQ and the right tackle IQ that you don't usually see from someone that you pluck right out of high school. So I think that dude, he's not going to be perfect as a true freshman, I don't expect, but I think he's going to be really good. You know, you add uh, someone who is going to be your starting left tackle within a year or two in Samson Okunlola, who, like Francis, is a five-star recruit. Even if Samson doesn't start right away, and heck, maybe he will, but even if he doesn't start right away, the future is so bright for Samson. The future is incredibly bright for Tommy Kinsler, who is, he's the size of a warehouse. Like, Tommy Kinsler is freaking gigantic. Um, and if Zion Nelson can be healthy next year and stay healthy, I think that's the icing on the cake. Uh, we all love Inez Cooper, who projects out to be your starting right guard. Big Coop is a monster and a mauler. So, I think it's a no-brainer. Miami's offensive line group on paper should by far be the most improved unit on the team. And out of those four, you know, people voted on that All-Hurricanes Twitter poll. The offensive line won in a landslide, getting 78.7% of the vote. The next highest vote-getter was linebacker at 9.2%. You made an important addition, folks, at linebacker because you went into the transfer portal and you got your new starting Mike, Mike linebacker, and he was one of the better linebackers in the Pac-12 last year, and that's the brother of Francis, Francisco Kiko Mauingoa from Washington State. Um, I had high expectations for him coming in. I have high expectations for him coming in just based on what he did in Washington State and watching some of his tape, you know, how how quick he is, how hard he hits, how much vision he has. He had a pick six at Washington State last year. He's a playmaker. And so far, what he did in spring football in the spring game, Kiko has lived up to that for me. Uh, I also like the addition of K.J. Cloyd uh, as a depth piece at linebacker, the linebacker that you got as a transfer from Louisville. And guess what, folks? Wes Besaint is going to be a year older, year more experienced. That guy was the best linebacker on your team by the end of next year. So, yeah, linebacker should improve quite a bit as well. The other uh, nominees there that got less of the vote, running back at 7%. Now, here's the thing. I actually thought running back probably could have gotten more than 7% of the vote, okay? Because, okay, you know, you added A.J. Allen from Nebraska, who I think can compete to potentially be a starter, probably won't beat out Henry Parrish, but maybe he will, and is going to be a number two or a number three guy in that rotation. Um, you know, Parrish, who was playing for most of the second half of last year, hurt, and it limited him. Don Chaney, who was hurt all year, who's healthy now, uh, you're going to get Mark Fletcher coming in as a true freshman who's already physically mature and is going to be one of the bigger, if not the biggest, running backs on the team. Um, Chris Johnson, I think you're going to find a way to get him involved a little bit early because he's a burner. He's a home run hitter. And, you know, if Trevante Citizen, who seems to be recovering pretty nicely now from the setback he suffered from his knee injury, if he can play at any point this year, that's the icing on the cake for me. So uh, I think running back probably was maybe a little bit disrespected by only getting 7% of that vote. Uh, and then, you know, defensive line. I don't know. Um, I think they're going to improve. Nigelique Kelly is going to be a year older and a year more experienced. Akeem Mesidor, it's the last ride, final season for him, and he looks fantastic. Ruben Hurricane Bain, that guy was maybe the most defensive, uh, mo most impressive player on the defensive line during spring football, and he's a true freshman coming in. You know, I know you lost Daryl Jackson at defensive tackle. Those are, are big shoes you're going to have to fill. 
Uh, Leonard Taylor hopefully has a really strong, consistent season. And I'm not sleeping on Anthony Campbell, who they added in the transfer portal. So I think there's some decent options there on the defensive line. But I agree, it's certainly not improved as much as I would say the offensive line by far and the linebacker room as well. Serious improvements. Now, wasn't on the poll because, again, you can only put four things on a Twitter poll. You can't go beyond four options. But wide receiver. Uh, folks, wide receiver room, and it's not just about players that they added. It's also about players who were injured last year. Xavier Restrepo missed significant time. That's a guy who I believe is going to lead the team in receptions this year. Colby Young didn't really get acclimated after transferring from Juco until about a month and a half into the season, and then you had all the quarterback injuries. I think Colby Young is going to be your leading receiver in terms of yardage and probably touchdowns this year. The Shamar Kirk addition, I think, is great. Isaiah Horton, who's going to play more this year and looks fantastic, I think is awesome. Jacoby George, I'm not sleeping on him either. And I think maybe the key to unlocking this whole thing is Tyler Harrell. If you can find a way to keep him healthy because he had some injury issues at Alabama last year, and if he can use that speed and take the top off of those defenses, wide receiver can be in that conversation as well, folks. So, Throughout this episode, I will be answering you guys' questions. We're opening up the mailbag today on Locked on Canes. We got some awesome questions on our exclusive subtext platform. And please, if you haven't yet, you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, especially this time of year when we're talking so much recruiting, you want to join our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. If you join our subtext community, you get SMS text messages directly to your phone from my phone. All the messages come from me. I do one-on-ones with you guys. You can ask me anything on there. Sometimes we use your questions on an episode like we're going to do today. I give you guys recruiting scoops. I give you breaking news about the hurricanes, show information and show previews before the rest of the folks out there get them. So sign up for our subtext community completely free for the first 14 days. And then if you want to opt in, it's $4.99 a month after that. We give you a lot of extra added value on there. But we're going to be answering your questions when we come back. And uh, we got some good ones today through Twitter and through the subtext. Uh, get a question about um, if Miami is going to win 10 or more games this year and you had to predict a player who's going to be an intricate part of that success, who would that be? Uh, we're asked if there's any updates on the stadium you know, if Miami has a great year, are they going to lose any of their assistant coaches to promotions elsewhere? Uh, which five-star targets might Miami land in recruiting? we got a lot coming up, folks. We're only getting started. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, I hope you're keeping it locked to FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount, your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just 20 bucks, just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Whether you win that bet or lose it, you get $200 back in bonus bets. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from money line to the over-under to who do you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, thank you so much for joining us earlier today. This is a two-episode day, and we got started bright and early this morning with Judd Anderson. Judd, the ambassador, Miami Hurricanes 2024 quarterback commit, joined us on uh, an early morning episode today. We recapped his official visit to Miami. He's been locked in for two months, but he just took his OV. And we talked with Judd about some of the uncommitted players that he's really been out there recruiting and names he brought up to us, uh, Isendre Papa Afua. Judd wants that guy protecting him. <laughs> That's the, uh, the four-star interior offensive lineman out of O'Day High in Seattle, Washington. Afua, who's 300 uh, pounds plus, excellent technique, excellent offensive lineman. He's someone in the Pacific Northwest that Miami, uh, Miami's coaches like Cristobal and Mirabal, they started recruiting him years ago while they were at Oregon, and they've kept that relationship going. Hopefully Miami can land Afua. And um, Judd also brought up, and I think this is going to be an exciting recruiting battle until the very end, um, Caleb Odom the four-star tight end out of Carrollton, Georgia. And Judd brought up the Georgia connection. They've bonded a bit over having the same home state. And I do have some dates in front of me, folks, for you know players that Miami's in the mix for. Uh, some of these they're favored for. Others, they're a little bit behind the eight ball, who we know are going to be announcing verbal commitments in the coming days. So uh, coming up tomorrow on Friday, the 30th of June, Moritz Schmo Schmoranzer, the international offensive lineman out of Germany, who we've had on the show before, he's going to be announcing tomorrow. I think Miami's got a really good shot there. Uh, Four-star wide receiver Braylon Staley, who visited Miami earlier this month. I don't have as good of a read on Braylon, right? You talk to some folks. Unfortunately, not too many are saying right now that Miami's favored. A lot of folks are saying for Staley it could be Tennessee some folks are still saying Clemson he's a South Carolina native despite the fact that Clemson is already loaded up on wide receivers in this class and you know I know he enjoyed his Miami visit but I'm not sure where Miami stands with Staley uh, on July 1st Ricky Knight Ja'Cory Barney and Derek Plaz are going to be announcing um, I hope I'm wrong I think Ricky Knight's going to pick Florida State but I know he just had a good visit hopefully Miami turned the tides there Ja'Cory Barney the four-star wide receiver out of Miami Palmetto I am expecting him to commit to Miami we dropped a Dono ball for him to be a cane earlier this week so hopefully that plays out on Saturday July 1st and he chooses the good guys uh, Derek Plaz the uh, the three-star offensive lineman hopefully that goes Miami's way I'm not sure uh on July 8th uh actually sorry Derek Plaz is on the 7th not the first my bad so that we're still over a week away from Plaz's announcement on July 8th Devon Mitchell the uh the blue chip tight end in the class of 2025 is announcing Miami's on his short list he just had a great unofficial visit hopefully we land this dude Caleb Odom is announcing on the 15th, so in a couple of weeks, four-star tight end who's been deciding uh, between Miami, Ole Miss, and then Alabama's been getting the crystal balls lately. Did Odom's visit go well enough this past week that Miami was able to gain that ground on the Crimson Tide? I'm sure the picture for Odom is going to become a lot more clear within the next two weeks, 16 days or so, and I know that that's someone we talked about him with Judd Anderson earlier uh, on our first episode of the day and Judd connected well with Caleb and we certainly all hope that Caleb chooses the good guys over the Crimson Tide 
So that's what we're looking at with some upcoming uh, recruiting announcements over the next two weeks or so. All right, let's take some questions. We got some good questions on Twitter, some good questions on our subtext chat. This one comes from our pal 904 Hurricane on Twitter. He says, hey, Locked on Canes, I'm repping the U in St. Augustine, Florida right now. Thank you for that, 904, because I feel like St. Augustine is probably Gator country. So show them uh, that the real U is down here in South Florida. He says, hey, if Miami wins 10 games this year, and you had to predict one player who was an intricate part of the success, not named Tyler Van Dyke, who would that be? And he gave us his. He says, mine is Zion Nelson. Ooh, that's interesting. Because I look at Zion as kind of an X factor, right? He's, you know, recovering from an injury that caused him to miss about 97% of the season last year. Uh, he seems to be, uh, he wasn't healthy during spring football, but he seems to be healthy now. If you get a healthy Zion Nelson, you've got someone who's just a year removed from being a first-round NFL draft pick projection at left tackle. That's the upside Zion has. I still look at Zion as more of an X factor because I think even if, for whatever reason, Zion is, is unable to play or play consistently, uh, I think Jalen Rivers can give you good cover at that spot. And I know Rivers, for whatever reason, didn't have a great spring game, but he's been solid to this point, even at left tackle, so you can be okay. And the Pancake Honcho, Samson Okunlola, he's young, but he can also be an option. He might be ready, you know, once the season gets going to actually plug and play there. Um, if I was going to give you mine, outside of Tyler Van Dyke, because yes, if your quarterback has a great year, you're probably going to have a really good or great year. If your quarterback has a bad year, you're probably having a bad season overall. So Van Dyke, you're right. That's a given. He's going to be important this year. If I was going to give you one not named Tyler Van Dyke, I'd go Leonard Taylor, number 56. Miami isn't that deep as it is at defensive tackle. And Leonard, when he's on, he is making a nightmare for opposing offensive coordinators because Taylor has – the combination of size and burst and quickness, strong tackler, tackle for loss machine when he's on, can generate so much pressure on the quarterback from the interior, which is so important. And this is another one. Like I said this about Zion Nelson. Leonard Taylor, he's got first-round NFL draft pick type of upside at a very important position because, you know, you think about – all the great defensive tackles that were behind Miami's success in the 80s and the 90s and Vince Wilfork and company in the early 2000s, Leonard Taylor can be that guy for you. LT is my guy. If, if And I, folks, I'm not expecting Miami to win 10 games this year, okay? But if you are winning 10 games this year, I've got to think Leonard Taylor is going to be a huge part of that. So that's the answer that I'm going to give you, okay? I'll give you another X factor, though. This is a guy we mentioned when we were talking about the wide receiver group. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think this guy is like he's going to be the key to Miami's success, but he can definitely be the key to unlocking an extra gear on the offense. Tyler Harrell. Fastest player on Miami's team, maybe the fastest player in the ACC now. He runs that 4-2, 40-yard dash. You've added him to your wide receiver group. Um I just think about how much Harrell, you complete a few deep balls to this guy, how much that's going to open things up for the rest of your receivers and how much it's going to open things up for your running game. He's going to be another key. I, 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 he's obviously not as important as your quarterback, or I don't believe he's quite as important as your top defensive tackle, but Harrell, that's another X factor that I look at 
that can just help you unlock an extra gear on your offense. Get this question from Ken on Twitter, who says, hey, have we heard any updates on a possible stadium? Also, how confident are you uh, with the quarterbacks after Tyler Van Dyke uh, on the stadium? Um, you know, I don't think anything's happening anytime soon. I know we've seen some um, artistic renderings of plans and, you know, they were supposed to unveil something at the spring game. I think the reason why that didn't happen is since it's something that's like sponsored non-university, they couldn't do that during the spring game. But, you know, Ruiz has also brought up recently that that Hard Rock Stadium lease is very, very long. So, you know, maybe someday Miami will have their own football stadium. Is it going to be within the next three, four years? I don't think so. Within the next 10 years, maybe. But I don't, don't expect a new football stadium anytime soon. I think this is something that's going to be a very, very slow burn. As far as quarterbacks after Tyler Van Dyke, um, there's going to be a drop-off. There's no question about it. Um, and I think, ideally, Van Dyke stays healthy all year. And I've actually heard, and I, I've not verified this from the man himself, but I've actually heard that Jakari Brown is not opposed to using his red shirt this year that he didn't get to use last year. He burned his red shirt last year. He would not be opposed. It, now, if Van Dyke gets injured, then Jakari's going to have to play. Uh, but if Van Dyke stays healthy, you know, Jakari can play in just a couple of games and he can hold on to that red shirt. Uh, that might be the game plan. I do think Jakari is going to be a better overall quarterback this year than he was last year. So the drop off from starter to backup won't be quite as much, but it's significant. And listen, Emery Williams, he's a kid still true freshman, but that dude has great accuracy and tons of promise. But, you know, you're not winning anything important. If Tyler Van Dyke gets hurt, you know, you're not winning the ACC, you know, you're probably not going to a marquee bowl game. I think there's some drop-off, but hopefully Jakari can close that gap a little bit from last year. Got a couple more uh, awesome questions we want to get to, um, including you know, someone a little bit worried that if Miami does have a good year, are you going to lose any assistant coaches to promotion somewhere else? We'll get to that and more. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. To the everydayers, Guys, uh, I mentioned there's a couple of players on Miami's radar who are going to be announcing verbal commitments to Miami or somewhere uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And if Miami gets any new players, new commits, we're going to cover them. We're going to have breaking episodes right here on Locked on Kane. So the everydayers have that to look forward to. And thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. Uh, we get a question from someone, I, I don't have this person's name, but someone in the 954 on our subtext community who says, hey, I know this is looking far ahead, but uh, we are aligning for what we hope is a much better season than last year. That said, what scares me is having too good of a season and our new coaching staff being susceptible to head coach positions. What is the turnover like typically? And I'm, am I being too worrisome? I think you're absolutely being too worrisome. Um that's a great problem to have, right? I mean, if you're, you know, we talk because both of your coordinators are first year guys taking a big step up. I mean, Dawson's very experienced, but, you know, he's taken a pretty big step up from Houston to Miami, just in terms of, of the profile. I know the Houston fans will argue that, but I mean, it's a step up. He wouldn't have left that job for this one if it wasn't a step up. You know, Gidry, Gidry's an up-and-coming guy, but, you know, he hasn't been at a program this size before. Like, at least Dawson, you know, he's got some Power 5 experience. Gidry does not. 
Um, like even if Miami were to win nine or 10 games, I don't think either of those coordinators would get poached this year. Um, you know, what about, you know, he, here's one that maybe could worry me a little bit. I don't think he's going anywhere after this year anyway, but if Jason Taylor just hits it out of the park in recruiting and then Miami's defensive line has a really good year and the edge rushers are getting like 40, 45 sacks this year, then I don't think he would get head coach offers, but he might get some offers. Maybe the Miami Dolphins try to get him on their staff again or some other NFL teams want to make him a defensive line coach. Uh, but the thing is, like, I think Jason Taylor is going to be at this job for at least a couple of years at Miami because he's comfortable here. This is where his kids live. Family is all here. You know, he's he's got a home here. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't honestly I, I'm not that worried about any of these guys bolting after one year. Plus, if anybody's bolting after one year, that would assume Miami has like a spectacular season. And don't we all want that anyway? So. You're being worrisome. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, right? I, mean, I don't know if Miami's going to improve that much that we're talking about losing assistant coaches uh, at that sort of a rate. There's turnover every year, of course, but you know we'll, we'll see what happens. We get a question from Chris on the subtext who says, uh, which of Miami's five-star recruiting targets are we most likely to land? Uh, if I go by the trends and percentages, I still think, Justin Scott, the five-star defensive tackle out of Chicago. You know, I know some folks are worried that, you know, he finished taking his visits and didn't commit right away. Uh, I still think Miami is the trending favorite there. I think what's going on with Justin is um, I, I think he's getting a lot of encouragement from his family to not to not rush into a decision, right? To I, I believe Miami is the favorite, but, I, you know, I, I think he's just – and Miami doesn't want anyone rushing into anything either because they don't want anyone to commit – before they're really ready and then have buyer's remorse after that. I think Miami's been trending nicely for months or at least two and a half months with Justin Scott. Uh, I also think there's there's a decent shot at Kamarian Franklin, who came down on his own dime to work out with Jason Taylor last week. And when it's all said and done, I do think JoJo Trader, five-star wide receiver from, from Chaminade, I do think he's going to end up being a cane. And I'm also not sleeping on Miami for Dylan Stewart, five-star edge rusher. Colin Simmons, I think, is less likely, but Dylan Stewart is someone I'm not sleeping on. So, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to put a percentage on it, I'd probably give a, a higher percentage for Justin Scott, maybe at like 85%, uh, probably give him a higher percentage than any of those others. But Trader's close. I'd probably say maybe like 65 70% for Trader, and then, uh, you know, those are probably the five stars that I would see most likely to end up at Miami question from our guy Lowell Lowell says hey is there any feedback from wide receiver recruits about what they think of Judd Anderson and Emery Williams as quarterbacks of the future at the U curious what the recruits think of the guys who would be throwing to them um, okay so the players who have actually gotten a chance to interact with Judd and Emery and work out with them um, they seem to be really impressed like I know Judd he also talked, we had Judd on this morning for those who missed it. Judd talked about he and Chance Robinson building a nice connection. You know, hopefully, uh, yeah, I think Ja'Cory Barney may end up committing to Miami. I think that's someone that Judd likes as well. Like the guys who have actually been around him and worked out with him really like him. But I'm not going to lie to you. Um, star power. Star power is a thing in recruiting. And so for the players who don't know Judd, or don't personally know Emery, who's coming in as a true freshman this year, 
and they look at these guys and say, okay, um, you know, they come from smaller high schools and they were three-star guys, not four or five stars. Their names do not have the cachet that Air Noland has at Ohio State or DJ Lagway, who's verbally committed to Florida, right? Like th those are guys that just, they carry more cachet and they just maybe have like a little bit more of that built-in cred with the wide receiver recruits. So I think it's one of those things where, and, you know, hopefully we get to watch more of Judd's uh, senior season film coming up this year, and we can really blast that out and more players will get to know him because the guys who actually take the time to kind of see what Judd is all about really like him, but he doesn't have the same star power that like an Aaron Nolan or a DJ Lagway has. And that, you know, that does receiver recruits are going to gravitate towards the bigger names. Okay. That is definitely something that happens here. Want to send out a couple of thank yous to new five-star uh, Apple podcast reviews we've received because you know when we get those, we like to shout you guys out. And if you can, if you subscribe to the audio version of Locked on Canes, take a few seconds, leave us a five-star review, and we'll shout you out on the show. So we got one from Mike Dells who says, this is one of my go-to Canes podcasts. And by the way, I don't care if you listen to other shows because there's a lot of great content out there. Just make sure we're one of the shows you listen to and watch, okay? Because I support all the great Canes content creators out there. He says, I love the regular programming and day-to-day -day updates. Keep doing your thing, Alex. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, we get a five-star review from Live Kane who says, quote, your first listen every day. He says, isn't just part of the tagline when it comes to Dono and the Locked on Canes podcast. It's fact for me, he says. I listen to several podcasts, he says, but Dono is always up first. The fact that it's a daily podcast is music to my ears, but also great to listen every day. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to listen tomorrow. And how about this live Kane? He's over in Los Angeles, California. So we're, we're going uh, nationwide with this thing, man, whether you're in California or we've had some people from Washington State who listen to the show and up and down the Northeast and the Atlantic Coast. Thank you guys so much. And We'll talk to you again throughout the weekend. Just a heads up, uh, today's Thursday. I will be on vacation for the next few days. So I don't know if we're going to have like a regular morning episode tomorrow, Friday. But if Miami does land any verbal commits this weekend, we will have you covered. I'm ready for emergency episodes. So if we don't have a regular episode tomorrow, forgive me. But if there is a need for emergency drops, we will drop those accordingly. And we'll talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. Part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.